Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms, legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Bill Roden and Bill Roden on Sports. Great to see you. Uh, well, I don't see it. It's great. <laughs> great to be here, and you guys are listening to me. Um, of course, uh, we've got uh, my good friend and uh, sidekick cohort, I don't know, uh, Jamal Murphy, better known as our attorney person. Good good to be back. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, good to have you here. And, uh, yes, you know, my special guest, I mean, every guest is special, but this is a special guest and good friend, just for the full disclosure, uh, my guest is... Uh, the, the great, and uh, I do say that the great uh, documentarian and filmmaker, um, uh, Stanley Nelson. Uh, man, you know, I'm celebrating his birthday soon, and like, I almost forgot. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, who the hell is my guest today? <laughs> no, but uh, my guest is a is really, really good friend, uh, Stanley Nelson, somebody I've known, I know Stanley, and you know, our families know each other and all that, which doesn't mean I'm not going to ask him any hard questions, but <laughs> but uh, somebody I really respected um, for a long time and great that we're finally able to collaborate. And um, Stanley has just done, I'm going to tell you the stuff he's done already, but he's just done an extraordinary, extraordinary uh, documentary on uh, the Black Panther uh, Party, and it's called uh, Black, Black Panther's uh, the vanguard of the revolution. And, you know, for, for a lot of us at a certain age, this is more than just a documentary because we kind of live through this. So we'll, we'll have you talk. But anyway, uh, Stanley, but listen, man, welcome welcome to uh, the program. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, as they say. I mean, you really mean that. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's that, not, that was quite an introduction. It's, it's great to be here. Really <laughs> right? nice. Now, your film, uh, the, 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 we call this a film and a documentary or a documentary and a film. Like if I was one of your students in Morgan, I said, what's the difference between the documentary and the film? Are they one and the same? Or Yeah, I, I mean, I think a, a documentary is, is just a nonfiction film. You know, um, we're, we're trying to do the same thing that, that any other film does, uh, you know, uh, Manipulate your emotions, you know, uh, <laughs> entertain you, uh, but also give you some information too. Uh, but you know, in the case of particularly the Panthers and other stuff you've done, it's almost like fiction because you can't make this stuff up. I mean, if somebody, a Martian, was visiting, somebody was visiting from outer space, and they saw the history of, of of black people in America, and they watched like your film, you, you know, they say, "Really? Are you kidding me? This stuff really happened?" Yeah. So you really can't make this stuff up. Yeah, that's no, how I, I mean, felt today. Yeah, watching. That, that's one of the great things about the story of the Panthers. It's this real roller coaster ride. It has great, great characters, great drama. You know, and then you throw in J. Edgar Hoover, and, oh, <laughs> and and you got yourself a drama. Oh man, um, I must tell you, I've I, I watched it two or three times, and each time it just, I'm just more troubled. Every every time. Uh, I see it. Now tell me where this is opening. What just before we get into that, just tell me where it's debuting. Okay. So so the Black Panthers Vanguard of the Revolution um, is debuting this Wednesday, uh, September second, at Film Forum in New York. And then after uh, ten days or so it goes 
also to Magic Johnson in New York uh, on 125th Street for a week, which mm. is great because that's like my local theater. That's right. the theater I, I go to. My son and I walked there right. a couple of weeks ago to see a film. So it's going to Magic Johnson on 9-11. You can't mm. forget that for mm. a week. And then it goes all around the country. It goes, you know, for, to Chicago and Philly and D.C. and L.A. and the Bay Area. It, go, it goes to, I think, 20 cities at this point. Wow. The, the best way to find out, you know, where it's going is if you look at uh, the website, which is theblackpanthers.com theblackpanthers.com and that has the whole schedule of where it's going and then we're having special guests so it lists who the guests are so uh, we're going to be in Atlanta and Kathleen Cleaver is going to do a couple of shows we got Panthers who are doing who are going to be guests after screenings here in New York and Chicago in the Bay Area, of course, mm-hmm. in L.A., so it's going to be great. Oh man! Wow. And I'm traveling to all 20 cities. I should say that. So I'm, my fall is kind of, you know, laid out for me. That's great, man. How, let, let me just read. Um, I mean, because you you've done a lot of a lot of documentary, a lot of great documentaries. I'm going to read them in a minute, uh, just so people know. I believe in letting people know what you're doing, uh, what the guests are doing, so they know, like you know, Pharisee. I mean, you're like it is, but. Of the documentaries that you've done, uh, where does this rank in terms of difficulty? Because you, you have to know. You have to know when you're doing a piece about the Black Panthers, n- everything you do is going to be wrong. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you, you, <laughs> it, you, you know, you have to know that going. And, and I'm just, that, I guess that's my first. You had to know that going in, right? That whatever you did was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we knew that. We knew that. The film took us seven years to make. Oh, wow. So, you know, four of those years were probably trying to raise money. Mm-hmm. You know, so we spent a long time trying to raise the money. And, you know, one of the things about raising money for a film is if you are able to raise the money, then it's all good. You know, they, they, you know, now it's like I'm amazed that we were able to raise it, but we did. Um, and we knew that it was going to be a hard, hard film, as you say, that we could never do everything right or enough right. But what happened for us was at one point, you know, in this process, it was so long that we just said, you know, heck with it. You know, we're going to make the best film we can, tell the story as truthfully as we possibly can. And then, you know, if you don't like it, well, you know, we'll take our lumps. But, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, we got tired of kind of dancing around, you know, certain people and certain issues and just said, you know, we're just going to go for it. How, how hard was it to get people? I mean, I'm making a list of who was on, who's not. Uh, how, how difficult uh, was it to, to line up people? It was, it was fairly difficult, but, you know, part of the, maybe the only good thing about it taking so long to make the film was that, you know, it was seven years. So, you know, mm-hmm. after the, some people say, well, I don't know. Then after the second year, they're like, ah, maybe. <laughs> then after the third year, they say, you guys still around? <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and finally, they, they were convinced to do it. So, you know, um, we got pretty much everybody that we wanted to get. And I noticed Angela wasn't in the film. Yeah, Angela, Angela Davis was not in the film, um, but we d- really didn't ask her to be in the film because Angela Davis was not a Panther right. for very long. She right. was a Panther for a very short period of time. Um, and there was also, while we were making this film, there was another film being made, uh, Free Angela Davis and All Political exactly. Prisoners, right, which right, is a right. great film yeah. which was being made. And we figured, okay, that's one story <laughs> we don't have to tell. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, but right. I do feel good because I actually did see Angela Davis about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, listen... And it's my understanding that you really weren't a panther for very long. And she said, no, that's a, that is the truth. Mm. You know, even though I was aligned with them, 
even though I supported the Panthers, I was actually not a Black Panther, and that's not how I should be identified. Oh, wow, okay. Well, that, that's kind of, we'll, we'll get into, that's sort of the point that Elaine Brown made about uh, Eldridge Cleaver. We'll, we'll get into Elaine Brown and her critique later on, but that's, that was the point she was making, too. Well, Eldridge wasn't uh, a Panther for, long, for a long time, but he, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later, but I mean, for for those of us who are on the periphery, I mean, he was really kind of heavily identified with right, with, right. The, with and the break and the break of the Panthers too. So. Yeah, no, I mean, Eldridge Cleaver is is one of the central figures in the Black Panther Party story, and and there's there's no way that that you can tell that story without Eldridge being central to the story. I think I think it, it, it's crucial that we don't get into you know right. who was the Panther for the longest. <laughs> right, you know, right. that's not what makes your 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 position. Or your story um, central to to the larger story of the Panthers. You know, I think as you see in the film, there's no way that you could tell the story without Eldridge uh, and, and and his role and his role in the in the breakup of the Panthers. You know, being crucial. Yeah, you know, and it's funny too. I mean, in that in that sense, uh, the informant, the traitor, William O'Neill, he was a Panther too. I mean, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he could say, "Well, I was a Panther," you know. Well, yeah, but you're an informant. Well, but I was a Panther, you know. Right. So that's when it gets. Insane, you know, in terms of who was was who. I just want to read seven years. This must have overlapped some <laughs> other film. Let me just yep. <laughs> give you Stanley, the great Stanley Nelson's uh, resume. Some of the stuff he, he's done. First one in uh, 1990. When actually my daughter was born there. Uh, Freedom Bags, Freedom Bags, 1990. Schools for a New Society, 1993. Puerto Rico, A Right to Choose, 1994. The Black Press, which I must tell you, just as is one of my favorites of all time. I show this to every single person or class who aspires to be a journalist, and and they're not schooled and steeped in the black tradition of journalism. I show this the Black Press, Soldiers Without Swords, just unquestionably, 1998. Marcus Garvey, Look for Me in the Whirlwind, 2000. Running the campaign for city council, 2002. The murder, which was very part. This is the murder of Emmett Till, 2003. A place of our own, which I didn't realize you did that. That's another one I show all the time. The place of our own, 2004. Um, Beyond Brown, pursuing the promise, 2004. Sweet Honey in the Rock, which I, raise your voice, 2005. Faces of Change, 2005. Jonestown, The Life and Death of the People's Temple, 2006. CNN Presents High Stakes, 2006. Wounded Knee, 2009. We Shall Remain, 2009. Immigration, Part 1, Battleground, Arizona, 2009. Immigration, Part 2, Raid in New Bedford, 2009. Immigration, Part 3, Guest Workers in the Gulf, 2009. Arise, The Battle Over Affirmative Action, 2010. Freedom Riders, which is great. Uh, 2010, Freedom Summer, 2014, and now the Black Panthers, uh, Vanguard of the Revolutionary. Man, you've been busy, man. It's very busy. I mean, you, you, you tired me out. Just <laughs> oh, man. Listen to that about, list. Oh, man, you, I mean, when do you rest, man? You, I mean, what, do you, what What were you doing prior to your first one in 1990? What were you doing prior to, to that? Well, I, you know, I went to film school in, in, in City College here in New York. I went to CCNY Film School. And uh, got out and worked in the industry. I worked as a sound person. I worked as an assistant editor. I worked as an editor. I worked as an assistant camera person. I worked for a producer as a producer for other people, director for other people, uh, until I made my first film. Ah, man. How, well, we we get asked this at the back end. How does one decide that one wants to be a 
a filmmaker. But I, I want to keep this momentum just about the Panthers because this is, I guess, the reason I I read that resume, A, just to let people know how productive you've been, but also ask you, where does this Panthers film rank in terms of the difficulty of doing it? Because a lot of this stuff, a lot of many were the history is sort of over. Mm -hmm. This is still, in some ways, I mean, a lot of people still alive. Um, it's kind of fluid. Where does this rank in terms of difficulty? Of, of, of it? Uh, you know, I, it was one of the hardest films I've ever made. I mean, it's a very hard film. You know, it, one of the, the main reasons is because it's really the history of this kind of institution, this thing called the Black Panther Party. So, you know, believe it or not, a story like The Murder of Emmett Till, I mean, look, all films are hard to make. Right, you know, right, right, you know right. it's, it's never, you know. They're, they're, well, that was hard to watch. I mean, yeah, right. yeah, they're, they're <laughs> right. extremely right. difficult to make, you know, but, uh, you know, The Murder of Emmett Till is a straight story. Exactly. You know, this young boy from Chicago gets on a train, goes down south, is murdered, you know, and, and, and the rest follows. So it, it follows this this timeline. The Panthers is is this story of this institution where, you know, at really early on, it's taking place in the Bay Area, in L.A., in Chicago, in New York. You have the government, you know, in D.C. coming down on them. There's all these things. They're fighting internally. You know, how do you uh, have a narrative that has some kind of forward momentum you know, to it, and and that was something that we had had to figure out. So, In some ways, it's very similar to the the film that you mentioned that that you like a lot, the Black Press, which is the story of this institution. Yeah. You know, and how do you, you know, I mean, when I would tell people that I wanted to do a film on the Black Press, they would their eyes would roll up in their head. You know, you see them like, oh God, you know, how is this? How are you going to do this? And how is it going to be something that anybody wants to watch? The Panthers was the same kind of thing, although the Panthers. One thing they had going for them is they're so sexy. So there's this kind of sexiness to the Panthers that still exists. Well, sp speaking, of, speaking of the sexiness, and you said it took seven years for this to come out, but what about the timing of this coming out with everything going on now? It's almost, you know, it's, it's somewhat, somewhat similar now to uh, Black Lives Matter, maybe the beginning mm -hmm. of, you know, it's the beginning of Black Lives Matter. What do you feel about you know this timing? You know, it's 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 surreal. You know, because we started this film seven years ago, and and so you know what's happened in the last year is just um, you know uh, so similar to what happened you know fifty years ago right. with the Black Panthers. You know, we just we just had a screening uh, on Saturday two days ago in Ferguson, mm. uh, Missouri. We oh, had a, wow. we had a free screening uh, for the community in, in Ferguson, and I went down there for that. So that was amazing. How but was that? Yeah, it was crazy. It was just amazing. I mean, it was one of the, you know just just to be in Ferguson, right. you know, to we went to where Mike Brown uh, was was shot, and to be able to stand, uh, you know, right there, and um, the, just you know the whole piece was, was just incredible. To you know, it's sort of follow to, to, <clears throat> to what Jamal was, was uh, asking. You know, the, the, the first thing I thought when I was watching the film about is was um, who defends the black community? I mean, I mean that's what I thought, that's what I've been thinking every time we see this thing of, of the, the police just sort of bogarting their way in, in our communities and just <laughs> blowing us away. I'm thinking, man, you know, who defends us? Who, who's there to to defend uh, the black community, you know, the black community. And that's one of the things I kept thinking about. And, and as the, the, the Panthers, I don't know if you say went away, but in, in that physical sense, the question is, well, who defends the black community now? I was thinking if Ferguson, that kind of stuff was happening now and the black Panthers were around, it would probably be ugly. I mean, right. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I mean, well, you know that that somebody said that you know in one of the first screenings we had, you know, is that you know, well, I should say that that the Panthers started in Oakland, California, and they started because at that point in California, you were allowed to carry a gun, a loaded weapon, right, that was out, bizarre. out in the open. I mean, <laughs> right. if you can, you know, but the, these laws are being pe- repassed mm-hmm. around the United States now. But but what the Panthers did was they followed behind the police, and the, when the police would jump out to stop somebody in, in the African African American community, the Panthers would jump out with their guns drawn and stay, you know, a safe distance away and just observe to make sure that nothing uh, crazy happened with the police. Um, one of the saddest things that ha- that I thought, you know, uh, I had witnessed in, in my screening of the film was a guy, one of the first screens, a guy got up and said, um, you know, you couldn't have that today mm-hmm. because if, if, if black men jumped out behind the police today, you'd have a gunfight immediately, <laughs> you know? So what does that say? Does that say we were better? You know, we were better off 50 years ago in some ways than we are now. I mean, what does right. that say about where we are now? Right. Well, that's the whole question. I mean, you yeah. know, when you when you when you look at that film, it does raise. I think in any conscious person's mind, black or white, and particularly a black conscious person, and you think of what the idea of the Panthers was. It, it was. It was not like the Klan, where you're out to wipe out people. It's basically defense. Protection. It's protection. You know, and again, it raised my question: Who protects us? Who protects us now? Um, what What do you think? Um, another one of the the troubling things about that was also just the surveillance. You know, just the the infiltration and the surveillance of the uh, of the Panthers. Um, what? Uh, I mean, I guess you knew all of this, but uh, the the role that surveillance. Play, does it give you any? And if, if that's what they were doing in the '60s, I was, I'm, I think, what must they be doing now? I mean, just. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's a, one of the the great parts of the story that I that we were able to tell in the film, that you know the the FBI and Jagger Hoover really. Uh, went after the Panthers and with everything they had, mm-hmm. and, and not only that, but that they documented it. You know, because it's it's a, it's been that kind of right. you know uh, I don't I call it an urban rumor. Right. You know, where right. we're like, right. oh yeah, the, the, you know they were after the Panthers all. You know, but right. but you know in, in the film we we use the documents uh, the, that the FBI put out. You know, to show that uh, this is what the FBI was doing. And I think that's really. Um, Amazing that they not only did it, but they put it in writing. You know, they put it in writing. Um, and the Panthers too were so young. You know, yeah. these were basically teenagers, yeah. and nobody at that point. You know, you're talking about 1966 to 72. Nobody knew that the FBI was doing this. This was part of COINTELPRO, which I believe in, until I think it was 1971 which it came out by accident right, right, right. but until then it was a completely secret government program and nobody you know when I was growing up they had that show on TV the FBI yes. you know, where they were the, the big heroes and that's how we looked at the FBI at the same time you know they were trying to destroy the Panthers and as we show in the film you know, through any means necessary. I mean, you know, pitting husband against wife, you know, uh, panther against panther, panther against other group, setting up uh, local police departments to to raid the panthers and, and, and engage in these kind of uh, shootouts that got people killed. And, and it worked. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it worked so well that there hasn't been a mobilization of black people since, I don't believe. 
and maybe you know, like I said before, it's the beginning of Black Lives Matter, and they've there are people who are in Black Lives Matter have said that they believe that they're being monitored by the government mm-hmm. now. Right. So it's, history repeats itself. Right. Right. And and I think part of it is is you know what once you get into that, it's it's the whole paranoia. You know, right. am I being followed? Am I being watched? I mean, we had someone in Ferguson the other day talked about talked about how she was scared to go home because there were drones, you know, uh, you know, around her house. You know, and so is is that real? Well, of or, course, or I is mean, it not real? Yeah, but but you, you have to assume that it's real. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, if you look at this from 1966, <laughs> you got to assume that it's real. Right. That it's happening. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I think I think I think the other part of it is, you know, if it's not, it doesn't matter because right. if you think it's happening, right. you know, it has the same right. consequences. Right. If 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 I think that that you know that that you as as my fellow Panther or you know fellow uh, member in any group is is, is after me. It doesn't matter if you are or not, because because now I believe you are. Right, right, right. You know what did Dick Gregory say? Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they ain't after you. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. What what was the um, uh, did, did the research turn up anything? I mean, it's seven years, but did the research turn up anything that even surprised you? That, that wow, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know it. But you know. Well, I, I think you know we, we turned up so many so many different things. You know, um, you know one of the things that that stands out to me, uh, you know, again is the youth of the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just stands out. You know, um, the women's role in the in the Panther Party, as someone says in the film, by the early '70s, the majority of Black Panthers were women. Mm. You know, and that's not how we usually think about the Panthers. You know, the FBI's role and their documenting of the role. But I think you know, as a filmmaker, you know, we we were able to find and and turn up so many uh, uh, incredible images of the Panthers from yeah. photographers that you've never seen before. And it's not just the kind of, you know, black man standing there with a right. gun and an afro, but it's the Panthers, you know, with their with their wives and, 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 and the wives with their husbands and their kids and behind the scenes and cooking breakfast. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, we have this incredible scene in the film where there's a, a, a tape that we found of, of, of the actual split between Eldridge and Huey where they're on TV where they're on TV and 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 they they have an argument on TV and then you know the um, the tape is still rolling and Huey calls back right you know right. Now they're not on TV anymore but the tape is still rolling and Huey calls back and ba- and and expels uh, Eldridge Cleaver and Kathleen Cleaver and the whole international wing he expels them all from the party and that is one of the things that really caused the destruction of the party because now the party split off into into three factions actually one faction that stayed with Huey another faction that leaves with Eldridge and a huge faction just, that just says I, I don't know what to do I'm leaving you know mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the middle of this squabble and 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 I've had it how much how much was that how much of that was again due to COINTEL uh, uh, the, the, the split how much was ego how much was um, yeah you know that that's that's a great question, but it's a hard question to answer. You know, is it sixty percent? Is it for, you, know, <laughs> you know? I you know I don't know. I mean, but it is part of all of it. You know, uh, COINTELPRO helped to fan the flames. Eldridge and Huey were both volatile personalities, and it was probably never going to work out to have these kind of, you know, both of these guys at the top. So you know what what's the percentage of, of of one or the other? Who knows? I think it's important for us as filmmakers to say you know there were these there there were these at least two things that were happening. Right. You know there was there was stuff that was happening from externally 
the FBI and COINTELPRO, you know, pressing on the Panthers, but there was stuff internally that was yeah. pulling them apart, which was uh, had a lot to do with personalities. Yeah, another thing that many people might not realize was the considerable white uh, support that they got and they had throughout. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's uh, something that, that we really wanted to give you a feeling for in the film. So we say it a couple of times, you know, um, you know, or the Panthers say it. I should say that the film has no narration, so, you know, we don't kind of have that voice of God coming down. But, you know, um, from back in the day, you hear Bobby Seale talk about, you know, he has this great speech where he says, we don't hate nobody because of their color. We hate oppression. We don't hate anybody. Um, and, and, and so that's a great speech. But also we wanted to give this kind of visceral feeling. So you see Eldridge Cleaver speaking, and the audience is 90% white. Right. You know, you see, you know, the Free Huey people, you know, uh, with, with, with signs in Chinese that say Free Huey, right. and signs in, in, in Spanish saying Free Huey. You know, you get this feeling. Because the Panthers in those days were not this isolated group. You know, they were part of all these movements that were going on within this country. You know, the anti-Vietnam War movement, the student movement, the women's movement. You're listening to Bill Roden on Sports. Hey, guys, this is Jamal Murphy, the the sports guy from Bill Roden on Sports. I just wanted to give you a little uh, information on DraftKings. The moment you've been waiting for is almost here. Football Football. is just around the corner. Football. And you can start the season by winning $2 million in week one at DraftKings.com, America's one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments because you'll probably uh, lose a few games in your your normal fantasy league. So it's a brand-new season every time you play DraftKings.com. Just pick your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. Why wait until the end of the season to get paid when you can win huge prizes every week? You can get started playing right now. Prepare for the regular season with with preseason contests running through August. You've already been scouting your players for the season-long fantasy team, as I have, but put that knowledge to the test every week this this football season at DraftKings.com, where you could run your, where you could turn your love of football into a lifetime of cash. That would be great. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code Roden R H O D E N to play for a free shot at $2 million in Week 1 Millionaire Maker. Enter Roden, R-H-O-D-E-N, for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Taking you inside the games we love, this is Bill Roden on Sports. Um, I, I want to talk about Fred Hampton Hewing, and Huey Newton and, and uh, Bobby Seale. And I didn't see Seale. I didn't see Seale in, the, in, in, the, uh, in a live interview. Yeah, yeah well, you know, we just couldn't reach an agreement with, with Bobby to participate in, in, in the film. Um, but, you know, there's great clips of Bobby from back then. So I think, you know, you very clearly get uh, Bobby's personality um, and his role in in the formation of the Black Panther right. Party. What was the agreement? I mean, what was the what was the without talking inside baseball? What was the the, the what was the crux of the? Without talking <laughs> inside baseball, all I can say is we, we couldn't reach a deal with Bobby. Ra- to, to the radio part. silence. I think <laughs> we he wanted a, he wanted money. <laughs> we, I did not say. That. <laughs> I said we couldn't reach a deal with Bobby to be part of the, the film. Right. Um, who was Huey Newton? I mean. Clearly, to, to you know, those of us who were, you know, again, grew up in that era, it was 16, 17, 19, Huey Newton was this 
charismatic figure. You know, there was an off there was an off Broadway one man show with Huey Newton. Um, who was Huey? I mean, who was Huey Newton? Was he this um, this? He was obviously a revolutionary. Uh, did did drugs? What just just you know. yeah? Yeah, well, Huey was an, an an incredible figure because Huey was you know in in some ways the real ideal ideological founder of the party. You know, it was Huey and Bobby mm. who who founded the party, and Huey was the real ideological figure. Um, but Huey. Early, early on, Huey um, got into a kind of a shootout with the police. A policeman ended up dead. Huey was really badly wounded, and Huey went to jail. And so, and, and that's when the party like took off. Mm. And so, for a long period of time, Huey was in jail, and there was this huge free Huey movement. But you know, you're talking about a time where, you know, basically being in jail meant that you were incommunicado. Right. You know, it wasn't like today where going right. to jail and we can get a camera and a mic right. in jail and you're, you know. But so nobody really knew Huey. You know, there's the famous picture of him in the wicker chair with the right. rifle. Right, right, right. I think it is. You know, and, and, and we knew he was handsome. Right. And looked good, you know, but nobody kind of knew exactly who Huey was. And at that point, you know, the people that we knew or the people that were out there in the media were Bobby Seale and, and Eldridge Cleaver, Kathleen Cleaver and some others. Um, and, and Huey came, gets out of jail, you know, rather late in in. in, in you know, in this kind of uh, blazing, you know, uh, trail that the party the party leads. So, you know, we're talking about 1966 to 72 or 73 that the film covers. And, and you know, there was this sense of, oh, that's Huey. Right, <laughs> right. You know, because he was almost bigger. He was bigger than life. Right. And, and, and he came out and he was not the speaker in the same way. That Bobby was, that Eldridge was, that that even Kathleen, you know, that they they were, you know, very um, charismatic speaker. Huey was more intellectual. He was much more intellectual. Um, and then, uh, you know, he had this this kind of uh, confront these confrontations with Eldridge, who was now in Algeria, right. and they had these confrontations. And you know, there there was uh, eventually drug use and, and real problems for Huey. Mm -hmm. uh, who was uh, Bobby Seale, uh, and not not Bobby Seale, Eldridge Cleaver, right? Because he's a, he emerges as another, as another for. But before I get to that, because we're sort of going the path, <clears throat> my approach to these films, I, I've just been doing some stuff with Althea Gibson. It's a really nice documentary uh, on Althea Gibson. But one of the things I, I tell young people is when you're watching this stuff, watch it the way football, the way athletes watch game film. You know, athletes watch; they spend eighty percent of their time. Watching game film. Now they're they're not watching game film just so they can see what happened last week's practice. They're looking at it to study last week's practice, last week's game, to prepare for today and tomorrow. That's the only reason why they watch game film. And I say the same thing when we're watching these documentaries. That is it's great to go back in nineteen the sixties and all that, but watch it to study what does it have to say about the confrontation today. And I guess that's one of my questions to you as, as you're showing this to a lot of young people and all that. What about these, this documentary is relevant for today? How could it prepare you for today? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, you know, for, for me, there's a couple of answers to that question. 
you know, one, when we started this film seven years ago or so, you know, uh, we did not want this film to be this kind of historical bubble, right. you know, oh, isn't that interesting? You know, we th the only reason why I, I was interested in this story was I felt it had relevance to today. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, little did I know that it would have as much relevance yeah. oh, today yeah, right, as right. it does now. Right. You know, once again, the Panthers started um, because of the police brutality in Oakland. The Panthers had a 10-point program. Uh, one of them was, you know, so some of their points were an end to police brutality, you know, um, full employment for black people, uh, you know, better schools, you know, uh, better housing. The same things exactly. that were, you know, <laughs> 50 years later, we're, we're, we're still in the same, exact same place. You know, someone asked me, you know, the other day, well, you know, haven't we made progress? You know, did, did the civil rights movement, you know, and I said, for a, for a small number of African Americans, yep. the civil rights movement was very successful. <laughs> That's right. You yeah, know, right. it was right. very successful. But for the vast majority of African Americans, they're basically in the same place that right. they were 50 years ago. Or possi right. possibly worse. Yeah. Because, possibly of, because worse. of the lack of direction, lack of uh, mobilization. And, and that brings me to another question. I mean, we talked about uh, the government's zeal in terms of shutting down the Panthers. As far as coming out with this film, and especially at this time, have you received any pushback at all? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we've done festivals and things like that. The film, you know, it hasn't really, um, you know, you know, hit the kind of general market which it will, uh, you know, uh, in a couple of days. So no, not, so, not so yet. So that might be a good problem. Not yet. Yeah. No. But but you know, actually, what's happened? The opposite has happened because. You know, we were very worried, you know, like, how are people going to see this film, you know, and, and are they, are they going to stand up and say, how could you say anything good about the Panthers? Mm -hmm. We look at the film as being very fair. Right. You know, it's a kind of warts and all documentary. I mean, it, in no way does it, uh, I want to say whitewash, but that's not, <laughs> not the right term, but in no way does it, you know, skate over the problems of the, of the Panthers. But we thought people, you know, there might be people who were outraged. But I think that what's in what's happened over the last year, it's very hard to deny the fact that a lot of these things were going on and that the, the Panthers, you know, right or wrong, you know, um, this is was was a legitimate uh, reaction to what was going on. How are we going to, as you said, you know, Bill, how are we going to protect ourselves? Exactly. And that's, exactly. I think, the big, the, one of the big deals with the Panthers, one of the big changes. You know, you had the traditional civil rights movement, which was basically saying, you know, going and saying, you know, we need help. You know, you know, look, you know, these are these these horrible people out right. there, and they're beating us with right. clubs, and they're setting fire hoses and dogs on us. You know, which side do you want to be on? Right. You know, right. are you going to be on our side, or are you going to be on their side? Choose a side. Right. You know, and it was a brilliant strategy. The Panthers, you know, strategy was was more. You know, we have to protect ourselves. Right. We have to have our own uh, uh, breakfast programs for our kids, our own clinics, and if the government won't do it, we'll do then, it then we're going to do it ourselves. Right. You know, which 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 you know, to your question, I mean, and because of intelligence and all that, you know, if anybody did try to do that, now they would. They, I was thinking about this on the way to the studio. They'd be dead in water before they even got to the second phone call. Mm -hmm. If there were any group of black folks who wanted to organize this type of thing vis-a-vis, uh, -vis, you know, 2015, you know, because we need it. We need it as much as we need it, then even more. But given the surveillance, 
given and then also you know given that given that percent of black folks who are making it some of them may be the main people who are like you know spy, you know spy but i i think i think you do have you know we're in an interesting time now because mm-hmm. you do have these beginnings of, of movements happening yeah. you know you do have uh you know the black lives matter movement you do have these young people you know because partially because of the film i'll tell you the the first couple of screenings you know that we had you know i got up and people were like you know, well, what about today? These young people don't care, you know? And I was like, yeah, well, maybe they don't, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I got my, you know, I, mean, I was reamed out. Right? The young people in the audience were like, no. Right. You know, we, we are fighting, we are right. pushing, we have a movement. Right, right. You know, right. just because it doesn't look like it did 50 years ago, exactly. that doesn't mean we... And, and so I've seen, you know, um, all over the country, you know, young people who are really politicized, you know they're politicized by you know the 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 specter of, of, of African Americans lying dead in the street, yeah, yeah. but also of the fact that you know the, the options for them are not are not there. You know for them as 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 young people who are getting out of high school, out of college, whatever they're like, well, wh- what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Right. You know, you know. I mean, look, it's it's we we've gotten into a time where you know it's insane how rich some people are. You know, it's like you know, it's like they 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 are as rich or richer than the pharaohs of, of <laughs> Egypt. I mean, right. these people live lives that you right. can't. You know, I mean, they're buying hundred million dollar apartments. Right. I mean, I'm not even talking about you know a hundred million dollars worth of land. This is an apartment. Right, right here, <laughs> right here in Manhattan. Right, you got that 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 apartment building that's as large as tall. As the World Trade Center, yeah, that this multi-billion. You're right, right and right. our kids are looking at this and say, "Wait a minute, what are we talking about here?" Right, right. Like, how can you, like, how can you have that much money, and right. and I can't get a job, and you're talking about, you know, oh, we're going to raise the minimum wage to twenty dollars an hour, right? You know, just fifteen dollars an hour, whatever it is they're, they're trying to raise the minimum <laughs> wage to. You know, it's um, it, it's not so. So you have this young. This group of young people who are, I believe, you know, becoming politicized, and and w- with some of them like Black Lives Matter, they're saying, you know, look, we got to do it for ourselves. Exactly. And you and you show and, and getting back to the analogy of game film, you say, okay, cool. You show the game film of the Panthers. Now this is sort of, but now this is what you don't do. Right. You know, this is these are the mistakes. You know, that's why you watch it. Run it back. Play it. Run it again. Right. Now see this. You know, when this happens, this formation comes to the left. Right. Don't do this. Right. You know, and that's and it be, because you. What do you have? You have uh, the, a young group of young black men and women called the Black Panthers in '60. Well, now you have young black men and women. You know, railing against. It's, it's just a different. It's, it's, they're coming at you differently, but it's kind of the same thing, right. you know. So it's how do we avoid some of the same blunders? Right, right. Those same mistakes, and and as you said before, you know, surveillance is one of them. You know, you are going to be watched. That's right. You know, and 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 you know, you government can do anything, you know, in its power to to destroy these groups. So how do you how do you keep pushing forward? How do you not let personalities? You know, well, destroy a movement. How do you? How do you not let that happen? And egos. And that's well, that's important. the million dollar question. In fact, I was thinking, you know, when, when you look at today and you look at uh, Cornell West and uh, uh, Michael F. Dyson, or uh, you know, all the different little ego things. I, I, I was talking to these guys. I said, man, Cornell, what? Are you guys kidding me? You know, all this this happening. You know, people laying the street dead, and you guys, who gets more TV time? Right. You know. And but but it, it seems and I guess one of the great things about this 
film and the discussion that this, this it's going to create is we probably need an intellectual civil war in our community because we've never really had that just to just to sort of spend two years just just fighting it out. <laughs> yeah, you're just really just just fighting it out because we come from so many different places. But before I let you go, Stanley, I know you got to go. But yeah, okay. But I, two things. Two things. One is Fred Hampton. The reason why Fred Hampton resonates to me is that I was 19, uh, going on 19 when he was murdered, 69, the same year that Kurt Flood took on Major League Baseball. And that was a year that I guess I had one of those, oh, shit moments. Like, really? You know, when because I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Chicago. And that happened in February. And I'm like, damn, they just murdered this guy. You know, Chicago police, you know. And, 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 and for me, that was like sort of about what I thought that we were up against was was not even, I could not even imagine what we were up against. Yeah, the Fred Hampton story is, is, is one that, that we spend, you know, a good deal of time uh, with in the film. You know, um, for, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, Fred Hampton was very different from a lot of the other leadership of the Panthers. Fred Hampton had been in the youth leader of, of, of the NAACP in Chicago. You know, he had come out of that traditional civil rights move, movement, out of that traditional organizing. He was uh, organizing uh, with, with white groups in yeah. Chicago, with Latino groups in Chicago. He was really setting up the, the, this kind of, uh, he actually, they, it was actually called the Rainbow Coalition. That's, mm-hmm. where, the, that's mm-hmm. where the term came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was setting this the Rainbow Coalition up in Chicago. Um, and he was really targeted by the FBI and they went after him and murdered him. But, you know, as a filmmaker, so, you know, the, the, you're always looking at things in two ways. One, you know, it's this, it, it's this great story, but as a filmmaker, um, one of the things that happened was this this uh, uh, f- cameraman had kind of latched on to Fred, you know, and he was actually making a film about something else. And he said, who the heck is this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, who the hell is this guy? Because Fred Hampton was 20 years old, and he was the head of the Panther Party in Chicago. And he's like, who the hell is this guy? And he started following him. So he has all this, inc- he had all this incredible footage uh, of Fred Hampton. Yeah. And, and you know, he, he also, um, I don't want to tell the whole story, but, you know, he, he also um, gets into film, you know, right after the, the kind of, uh, attack on Fred Hampton in Chicago and actually films, you know, inside the house. Which is amazing. Uh, it was just, it yeah. was just, it, 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 you watch this and it's, it's just disturbing. Yeah. You know, it was just, it's just disturbing. You know, which leads into um, the guy, the, 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 uh, the informant. Yeah. Who just, William, uh, William O'Neill. William O'Neill just seems so, I'm always stunned. I mean, it just seems so casual about it, not repentant, not, you know. Well, the story is, is you know, William O'Neill, the actual interview that we use in, in the film, we obtained from the uh, documentary Eyes on the Prize. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had filmed him. And the story is that uh, the day or a couple of days after Eyes on the Prize aired with that segment of William O'Neill, he ran out in, in the highway and was hit by a truck. And it was like, you know, the highway apparently that he ran out, you know, it was like, you know, like run out on 95 or something, you know. So, <laughs> right. you know, something that you can't get across without right. getting killed. Right. Um, and, you know, it's thought to be suicide. Wow. That, it, it, you know, I, but this whole idea of just informants is just, how do you, if you're a black person, how do you just do that, you know? But that that's probably another, maybe that's another Well, I mean, he, he had 
he had his own problems, right? That they were that they suggested they would take care of right, for right, him. Right. So I mean, right? They told him that you know they would they would let him off for for another charge that he, that he had on him. But you know, we we talked to a couple of informants, to another informant that we interviewed extensively, but didn't use. But you know, I I, I think that that traditionally informants are are very very uh, troubled people. They're very, very troubled because they look at themselves as being, you know, they, they, they're like they they want to be junior G men, you know, like I, right. I'm I'm in the FBI, you know, but they also want to be a panther, you know, so they're kind of and 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 so they, a lot of times they're very, very disturbed individuals. Are you um are you happy? Uh, happy is not a great word. Are you um content, satisfied, whatever filmmakers use after something's over about how this how this uh, how this came out? Are you waiting? Are you waiting for a year from now when you see the? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm overjoyed with the way the film came out. I'm overjoyed with the film. I'm overjoyed with the reaction to the film in general. I'm overjoyed with the fact that you know, um, it, it's the film is for PBS, you know, um, for public television, and they are so they are squarely behind it. Mm. You know, the fact that we're doing this theatrical release. You know, you you read that long list of films at the beginning that I've worked on. You know, in in like forty years or something like that. You know, of making films. This is the first film I've ever made that has a theatrical distribution. Mm. That has is wow. going to be really, you know, in theaters, you know, not at a film festival. It'll be in theaters for a week, weeks at a time, all over the country. I'm traveling everywhere with the film. So, you know, um, it, and, and it's a film on the Black Panthers, you know. <laughs> Who would have thought that this would be would be the film that, that would kind of, you know, kind of go uh, into another level. What do, what do you want people to come away with after they after they uh, watch, after they watch this, um, what do you? Was your wife saying it's my birthday? Today? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get carried. He's trying to make the Black Panthers. <laughs> but, but what do you want when people leave the theater? Uh, what do you? What do you? What would you like them to come away with? Um, well, you know, I, I think I think one. One of the things that, that I want from people is to be entertained. You know, like that that's the simple thing. You want people to say, you know, hey, that was a good movie, you know, I like that. But but two, I think that the Panthers were really young, that these were young people. You know, um the, I think the final quote in the film is Jamal Joseph, a Panther from New York, who says, you know, um, you know, we made mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes. But the guiding principle was an undying love for the people. Mm. You know, and, and I think that that's really important, that these were Basically, uh, women and men who wanted to change the world. You know, they made mistakes. Of course, they made mistakes. But that's what young people do, and young people should be trying to make the world in their own image. What do you want this world to be? And to understand that the Panthers had—they had no power. They had, you know, they didn't start out with money. money. There's a great picture in the beginning of the film of these six guys in a yard, and that's, you know, Bobby Seal, Huey, you know, little Bobby Hutt and Big Man, and and, and two and the Forte brothers, and there's six of them, and that's the total Panther party <sighs> at that point, you know, and here we are. 50 years later talking about them everybody you know we're going we're, we're having a theatrical run in England hmm. you know in wow. London in, in a couple months we just won the best documentary from the Rwandan Film Festival wow. you know? so you know everybody wow. knows of the Panthers you know they know um, and, and so young people you know take this story take the good the bad the ugly you know take that all mix it all up and, and make your own movement Oh, that's great. Listen, before I let you go, two things. The real reason I invite you here because I, I've been telling you I want to work with you. 
So this is the beginning. You, you're gonna do. You're gonna do forty million dollars late. We're gonna have. I we're want to. <laughs> Can I tell you how much I want to do that? You know, I am a. I am a, a huge sports fan. You know, we did the film a couple years ago yeah. with uh, Jesse Owens. Oh, that's right. You that's know, right. Um, but I'm a huge sports fan, and uh, I, I would. I would. I mean, I'm. You know, I would love to do it. And if I didn't, I would be him and haunt. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm busy. Uh, yeah, I'll, be in, be I'll be in London. Uh, but I gotta go. <laughs> hey, man, listen, Stan, this has really, really, really been uh, remarkable. Now, for those people who say, what's the sports connection? Well, your son is a big-time baseball player, right? Yeah, yeah. He's 16 and uh, has been playing baseball all his life and, and is really dedicated. You know, goes upstairs every night and does some, some workout in his room. You know, he looks like a... Dang, is that my son? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's actually, I mean, it, it's like the work is paying off. You know, he's actually being recruited by colleges and stuff, and, and uh, it's amazing to see. I mean, it's it's amazing to, to see this kid kind of grow up and, and work hard and for it to work. You know, it's it, it's, it's great. That's great. Well, we'll look forward to having him on uh, Roden on Sports as a big-time center fielder for hopefully not the Mets. <laughs> oh, what, well, you don't like the Mets? We're coming back, baby. Hey, yeah, but you know what? But he gets up. paid. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. He'll find a, he'll finance 20 more films. <laughs> the Mets are one of the greatest stories in sports. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Maybe, maybe that'll be the next documentary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stanley, thanks so much, uh, man. Thank this, you. This, this has really been great. It was a Best great a great thank film. You. Must uh, see, okay. for sure. Please. All right, and again, I just want to do the plug. So if you go to theblackpanthers.com, you get you can see the trailer and you can also get information of, of where we're in each city and when and all, and all that and who the guests are for every screening. That, that's, that's great. Say, what is it? Black, blackpanthers.com? Yeah, you can't forget it. Theblackpanthers.com. All right. All right, hey, man. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.